Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about business strategies, thinking and habits that are essential to building a successful event planning business while enjoying a fulfilling lifestyle. I am your host, Mayo Silvers, an events veteran with over 20 years of experience and also an unstoppable eventrepreneur with two multiple six-figure events business. Come listen with an open heart and open mind. Be ready to reset, recharge and rejuvenate your life and your business. Welcome to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur podcast once again. So today we want to talk a little bit about how to attract high paying clients. This is a common frustration that several event planners, including the ones inside my mentorship program, The Unstoppable Eventrepreneur, are sharing with me that they are attracting buyers who have champagne taste but beer budget. They are not able to pay for the fees that the event planners want to charge or they are unwilling to pay the fees that the event planners want to charge. So this is um, a very common challenge or complaint that I hear all the time and it is extremely frustrating and very demotivating to the point that a lot of event planners either drop their fees and then it becomes not sustainable to have a profitable business and then eventually they decide to just get a job and not pursue the event planning business anymore because it's just not able to um, generate profit functioning this way. So there's a few things that I want you to consider when you're thinking about raising your fees or attracting a high-end buyer. First and foremost, you look at the fees that you want to charge, assuming that you want to charge $5,000 for your event planning fee. So ask yourself, if you are an end user, okay, if you are an end user and you see an event planner who seems to be very knowledgeable, just like, just like you, they, you see an event planner who possess the same qualities as you, okay, but she's not you, all right? She's another event planner and you are the end client. You are the buyer. Would you pay the $5,000 to this event planner? Would you consider paying her the $5,000 to this event planner? She's as qualified as you. She is, um, she is as good as what she does uh, on the surface, right? Because you haven't worked with her, so you don't know. Would you pay that $5,000? I'm pretty sure that you your answer is, well, if I'm the end user and you're thinking that you are, you yourself as an end user, you wouldn't pay her because you know how to plan events yourself, right? So you wouldn't pay someone else to plan your own events. Okay, number one. Or assuming that you don't know, you don't have any experience in planning events, okay? You're pretty smart, right? Assuming that you are you, but strip off the event planning skills that you have. You are a high flyer, high achiever, very bright, and you can figure things out yourself, okay? And you need help planning a, an, an event. And the event planner that you want to hire is going to charge you $5,000. What is your first response? Would you pay that $5,000 to the event planner knowing that you are super efficient, very smart, you can figure things out yourself, would you do that? If your answer is no, or there is a hesitation to saying a quick yes, that's the problem. On episode, episode 21, 
I talk about how to attract your ideal client. Your ideal client is a version of you. Okay, it's a version of you or some sort of a version of you. So how you think and how you behave, you will be attracting buyers who somehow think like you and behave like you. If you have hesitation to hire an event planner for your own events and pay that fee, then you're hiring people, then you're attracting people who are also hesitant to pay your fees. So <clears throat> this is, this is wh why am I bringing this up? Because I had, a, I had a, a, an event planner who shared with me that she wants to charge this amount of money. And then she immediately chuckled and said that I won't even pay myself this amount of money. So I'm screwed. You know, she recognizes that the fee that she wants to charge, she wouldn't even pay the fee that she wants to charge. So if she put herself as the end user and she's, and the end user um, is her, okay? Just like double image, right? So she's playing devil's advocate. So she wants to charge $5,000 and she tried to put herself as in the shoes of an end user, will she pay the $5,000 to herself? And her answer is no. If you can even convince yourself to pay yourself the amount of money, how are you going to be able to attract high-end buyers who's going to pay your fees? So the, the, what is happening here is you are talking to people, number one, okay? So I always say, a lead, okay? A lead is someone who knows what you do, is interested in what you do, and can afford to pay for what you do. So when you go into a conversation, an inquiry, okay, or discovery call, the very first contact you have with someone inquiring about your service, that is really not a lead. Unless this lead is fully aware about what you do and is interested in what you do, and has the means to pay for what you do. So basically, this is just a discovery call, understanding what they want and if they can pay for your services. So, so when you, um, I, lo I lost my train of thoughts. So when you, when you are going to charge for that fee, okay? And when you are marketing yourself, when you're marketing yourself, you have to ask yourself, are you marketing to people who is like you or slightly, when I say below, I'm putting air quotes, okay? Slightly below you. And what do I mean by below? Below is, um, I'm meaning it in a form of, uh, from a perception point of view, okay? When you are speaking to this person or when you see this person, you form a perception that this person probably has the same income level as you, or maybe a little bit below your income level. Are you marketing to this group of people? You may not know that you're doing it. This is a very subconscious way of being, okay? You may not know that you're doing it. And why is this important to recognize? Because if you are talking to people who's just like you, okay, who's just like you, and maybe a level below you, and I'm talking about the income level, based on your perception, when you hear this person that you're talking to, 
or when you see this person you're talking to, you have this sense of being that you're equal to them or better than them, okay? You feel that your status is equal or better than them. And when you feel that, you your sense of worth, your self-worth has not been threatened, okay? It's not threatened. You don't feel uncomfortable. You feel confident about what you are going to say about how you can serve them. So when you are attracting people of your level or below you, you have to ask yourself, what is your spending habit? What is your spending habit? Do you have a threshold of how much you will pay for something? Do you, how, how do you feel about paying for luxury? Are you someone who is very practical and want to figure things out yourself and you wouldn't, you wouldn't spend the extra money to, to have a luxury um, item? Be it, be it a vacation, be it shopping, be it um, hiring a service, okay? So, so instead of, of riding in a Uber Black, okay, which is the top end, you ride the regular Uber. Instead of staying at the Four Seasons or the Ritz-Carlton, you stay at a residence inn or Marriott, okay? Nothing wrong with that, but I want you to pay attention to this, okay? So when you are selling to people of equal level or below, you don't feel your ego is not threatened, okay? You feel that you are the expert because you are equal to them or you are above them, again, air quotes, all right? So there is, there is no threatening of your ego that you are afraid that you cannot deliver what they're asking you to do. Now, I'm asking you to start selling to people above you. Again, air quotes. What do I mean by that? I'm talking about your perception of their status, okay? Your perception of their status directly linked to their wealth or their income level. If you are, if I, if I tell you that your inquiry or this person who's inquiring your service is, a, um, is someone who comes from a very wealthy family, is used to luxury, okay? Is used to luxury and have very wealthy friends and she makes good money and you have never done anything like that before. You have never had a client like that before. You don't know what it's like to work with a client like that. And you don't know what luxury really means because you have not experienced yourself. So if I were to say that, okay, you need to do a discovery call with this person for whatever reason, this person comes to you um, and wants to inquire about your service. So be very honest with yourself. What is the first instinct or the feeling you get when you know that this person may have the money to actually pay your services, okay? You get very excited, right? Extremely excited. Oh, finally, someone who has the budget, right? You get very excited. And then the second feeling that comes in may be, oh my God, what if I can't deliver what she wants me to do? Why if I can't deliver what she wants me because I've never done something like that before? And then you go into the sales conversation feeling a little insecure because you are selling above you and you don't know what these people above you needs and wants. So you go in with a little bit of a, an insecurity or what we call imposter syndrome, okay? You 
will feel that, or you might, I'm not going to say you will, because some of you who's listening to this may not feel that way. And then if, if you don't feel that way, congratulations, great for you. That means you are actually attracting high paying clients. But those of you who may experience this, I want you to pay attention to this, that you may feel that, who are you? You are an imposter trying to sell to someone above you when you don't even know what this person wants because they are high-end buyer, they are luxury, they, they seek luxury, okay? And you don't know if you can deliver the services and you don't want to make a fool of yourself. So you, you basically have no idea um, if you can pull this off. So you're unsure. And what happens when you are in a conversation that you're unsure? The other person can feel that you're unsure. The other person can feel that you may not be as experienced as you say you are. And then they wouldn't book you. And to avoid these type of feelings, to avoid this type of disappointment, to avoid this type of feeling uncomfortable, not feeling an expert in your field because you really have no idea how to go about doing this conversation or you're not sure whether you can deliver what they're asking you to deliver, even before you're given your chance to do it, okay? You decide not to sell to people above you. You stay in your comfort zone. And that's why you stay in your income. You stay stuck in your income. You're not able to charge higher. I'm saying this from a personal experience and from some of the people that I have worked with or are working with. And this is the common belief that they have. I didn't just make this up. I'm able to recognize this because I see this happening and I see this happening to myself initially, okay? Until the moment that I recognize why am I hesitant to charge a higher fee or why am I hesitant to sell to a high-end buyer, okay? Sell to a high-end buyer, not someone who has a champagne taste only, but someone who has a champagne taste and actually has a champagne budget. Why am I hesitant? That's when... I did some inner work and realized that I have this imposter syndrome, that I am afraid to sell to someone higher than me because I'm afraid of making a fool of myself. Because if they were to ask me something um, that, that I have no idea what they're talking about, but it's what all the rich people have at their events, I just make myself look like a fool. And I don't want to feel that way. So I completely avoid the experience or the potential or opportunity that I can speak to someone who actually has the money to pay for me. So what did I do? So the inner work, the very first inner work that I did was I need to find out why do I feel less worthy of myself when I am talking to someone whom I perceive has more money than me, whom I perceive is more successful than me that why do I feel that I can't deliver what she asked me to deliver? She's not an event planner. I am. I have what she doesn't have. So I need to understand what is holding me back, okay? Why do I feel that I'm less worthy than this person? So I did some inner work and I worked together with a, um, with a coach who helps me to understand what exactly does wealth means and how to embrace wealth and not to put your worth attached to how much money that you make. And again, I did some inner work. And then, and then finally, I come to realize that in order for me to understand how a high-end buyer, um, what a high-end buyer wants and how a high-end buyer thinks, 
I need to start behaving like one and I need to start thinking like one. I need to expose myself into a, to an environment where all these people are so I can observe them, so I can feel like them and so I can think like them and make decisions like them. Once I'm able to have some form of a knowledge, okay, that how they think and how they make decisions and what they need when they when what they need right in their life when it comes to events, I understand the gap. I understand what they're looking for. So once I that idea clicked in my head, I was able to communicate to them what is of value to them, okay? I was able to communicate what I can do for them that is of value to this high-end buyer. And because they see the value, there is no hesitation to pay my fees. But before I could understand that, I don't really understand what these high-end buyers are looking for. And how do I go about expanding my wealth awareness or consciousness to put myself at level to these people. So I start doing things that affirm to myself that I am a wealthy woman and wealth is very subjective, right? So for some people, having $1,000 is wealthy. For some people, having $100,000 is wealthy. For some people, having a million dollars is wealthy. So for some people, having $1,000 in the bank account, you're wealthy, you don't feel poor. But for some people, having $1,000 in your bank account means you're dirt poor. So I need to understand that. And the work that I've done, it's not easy. I'll tell you, it's not easy. The work I've done is I try to expand my, my, my wealth consciousness. So I start doing things that make me feel like I'm a wealthy woman. What would a wealthy woman do? What would a wealthy person do when it comes to circumstances like these? Will a wealthy woman trip over some money that she wants to save just so that, just so that, you know, will, will, will a wealthy woman spend time trying to figure things out and do it herself just so that she can save some money? No, a wealthy woman understands time is the most precious resource and she has more, she has better things to do in life. So why would she want to spend time trying to figure things out or price shopping? When she sees value, she knows and she will pay for the value. So I start getting into this wealthy woman vibe by expanding my idea about money. Okay, like I love candles and um, I tend to think that spending money on candles is a waste of money. So now when I look at candles, I ask myself, if I really like it, why am I hesitant to buy it? Will wealthy woman hesitate to spend $12 on a candle? No, the decision is very quick. She buys what she wants. She sees the value. She sees the experience she's going to get when she spends that money. When I go to my, um, my new, my new um, technician, instead of tipping $5, I tip $10. You do it at whatever is comfortable for you. Okay, you don't have to do exactly what I'm doing, but you just expand your wealth consciousness a little bit and start feeling like a wealthy person. All right, and start asking yourself every single decision. What will a wealthy person do when it comes to this? When you start 
acting like one and thinking like one, your confidence level will grow. So for the tech, for the technician, I tip double. Instead of tipping $5, I tip $10. And I put myself in a room where my ideal clients are. So I will attend conferences where I know I may pay for a little bit more for a ticket to attend a conference where I know all my ideal clients are, which are seven to eight figure coaches. And when I sit in that room, I watch the things that I, you know, I watch how they behave and I listen to the problems that they encounter that what is the common theme that keeps coming up? The common theme is they are such high achievers. They really don't have time for anything else. And they really understand the value of time. They also understand that they can't do everything. They understand the level of expertise that each person has, and they're willing to spend the money to hire an expert where they don't have to do it themselves or spend time figuring things out. So once I understand that what is important to them, that time is very valuable, and they also value someone who is an expert in their field, that's it. They just unlock the doors for me. So I put myself in a room where my bias are, and I don't feel that I'm any lesser than them because I have worked on my wealth awareness that they tip double, so can I, right? They may have, they may have a Chanel bag, but I don't, but I have a Louis Vuitton bag. So, so I slowly, slowly detach myself from like a direct correlation that money equates wealth equates status. It's the feeling of wealthy. You don't really have to be wealthy to sell to wealthy people, okay? But you got to understand what does a wealthy person want? What does someone with champagne taste want? And what would they pay for? So if you don't elevate yourself to think like a wealthy person and you have this attachment to money that you want to keep everything to yourself, you want to keep the money to yourself and it's very difficult for you to part with money, then you're going to start attracting people who is also very reluctant to part with money. So because they don't understand, because you don't understand the value of time. You may say you understand the value of time, but your actions is contradicting what you say. If you understand the value of time, okay, then the question that I asked previously at the beginning of the podcast is, would you pay an event planner $5,000 to do something that um, to do an event for you, even though you know that with time, you can figure it out. Do you immediately hesitate or do you immediately say, yes, I will pay that person. So if you have one millisecond of hesitation, that's something you need to work on because you still don't understand the value that a high-end buyer is seeking, okay? And if you don't understand what they're seeking, you cannot communicate to them what you can bring to them. So they are convinced that you're not the right person because you don't understand how they think. If you don't understand how they think and what they want, why would they hire you? So this podcast, you might probably want, might want to have to listen to it a few times to really grasp that meaning. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It took me a while. And after one time, you know, after several rounds of, of self-auditing, asking myself deep, deep, deep ego-threatening questions, I finally came out on the other side 
that in order for me to get into the same room, as I put inverted commas, okay, air quotes, room, that means in the same environment where my ideal clients hang out, I need to start thinking and behaving like them because birds of feather flock together. I got to know, I got to be able to have a conversation that they have, that they're having. If they're talking about, if they're talking about going on a vacation to Paris, for instance, I'm not going to be talking about going camping. <laughs> All right. So you've got to elevate yourself to think like them. Again, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that you have to be like them in terms of the material wealth. I'm saying is you have to understand how they think, how they behave, how they make decisions. In order for you to do that, you have to be in that environment, okay? You have to be in the environment to understand, to understand all that. And in order to be in the environment, you don't have to have the material wealth, but you got to in internally feel wealthy and feel worthy to be able to even have a conversation with them. And I think this is the part that many people are struggling with, that internally they don't feel that they're worthy enough to render a service to someone whom in their perception is higher class than them, okay? So that's why they, they don't talk to them. And if you want to grow your income, you've got to go to people who can pay for your services. So you've got to start working in your inner self-worth. And I have given you some tips. If you feel that your worth is attached to money, you got to start working on how to feel wealthy and there are little, little steps to go about doing that. You got to investigate your relationship with money, which I've spoken in previous episodes, how your relationship with money will affect your business. So take some time to go back and listen to this podcast. This is a little bit longer than my usual podcast, but this is something that is that I have done a lot of work to myself and I'm working with a lot of people inside my mentorship program to really elevate their self their self worth and not be attached to money but at the same time understand what does wealthy means okay the feeling of wealthy means and how do you get in the same room where your buyers are your wealthy buyers or buyers who has a healthy budget will pay you what do they really need what is of value to them and then you need to be able to articulate how you can help them so they see the value in you. Okay. All right. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And if it helps you to get clarity, you know, pass this along to your other event planner friends. And hopefully we will be able to elevate our self-worth and not have to deal with imposter syndrome and be able to sell to people that you don't, um, you know, that you no longer perceive they are of a higher class than you. It's just that you know, they have different needs and now you'll be able to identify their needs and better articulate how you can serve them. Okay, so I hope this podcast is useful. Don't forget to give me a rating or a review and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Eventrepreneur Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, can you do me a favor? Please leave us a review and also share our podcast so we can help more eventrepreneurs out there. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss any new episodes.